Welcome back to The Strong Room. On this segment, estate and trust planning specialist Sherry McMillan talks about why it's important to know your choices when it comes to estate planning. She's in conversation with Peter Watts of News Talk 770. I don't know of anybody who wouldn't like to see their estate growing after they've created an estate plan and while they are still living. So talk about that a little bit in terms of the planning you do and the advice you provide to clients. When we work with families, Peter, in that shift, what we come to learn about their situation is they not only want to create a lifestyle out of the wealth that they have, but they want to preserve it and they would like to see it continue to grow. And many of us have that privilege for those of us that have created these large nest eggs. And so they will create a lifestyle income stream that they will want to establish for life. And the important part about that, of course, is what they net in their genes on an annual basis. Because it's one thing to earn a dollar, but if you don't keep it with good tax planning, in effect, you have diminished your lifestyle. The first thing to know is most of us do what is obvious. You know, We establish our estate and we create an income revenue stream from it and away we go. And we don't know that there are different privileges and opportunities for us if we've created wealth. So I go back in legislation and in law and give you a bit of framework of what's possible. So for those of us that have always done traditional planning, which I call bank laws, in Canada, most of us have done most of our investment designs through bank laws in Canada. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's what we've done historically. But one of the challenges about bank laws is originally it was created for our family farmers um, when we opened the banks back in the early days. And what happened back then was if a farmer was very fortunate, they would take out a little mortgage to buy the family farm. And then if they did have a few good crops in a row, they would take that money back to the bank and put it in on a GIC basis. And then ultimately the bank, when they authored the legislation back there, said any time that a consumer, that would be you and I, are investing with the bank or borrowing with the bank, the thing to know is all my assets that are in the bank will be considered public for the form of creditors to be able to collect upon it if any kind of risk occurred. And that was to protect the bank, of course, on that mortgage. So they'd be able to take the GIC away from the farmer if necessary to pay off the family farm. Now, that being said, what has happened in modern society is as we've developed the banking system in law today, if your estate is established in the banking system directly, like we go right down to the chartered bank and buy our GIC or our stock portfolio or a mutual fund, then in effect, in law, that is a public estate and it must go through the court system in our passing. So they have the first kick of the can there, but they also have another kick at the can that many of us don't understand. And that is that it is public through our lifespan. So the decades that we're alive during retirement, that estate is actually a public estate. So where would that be a risk? Well, it's a risk to people that are professionals because they have what we call a look-through. And historically, all of their historical work that they've done, our engineers that built bridges, our physicians, etc., carry that risk right into retirement, unfortunately. And if they've bought their investment pools for retirement through bank law systems, those are public and exposed. 
The second group that's at risk to me is the people that remain on boards in retirement that facilitate giving back to the community. And we're very grateful for that. At the same token, they have jeopardy attached to their retirement because of having their wealth situated in bank loss. And the third group that I think is fundamental in modern society is all our snowbirds because our snowbirds have intrinsic liability risk every time they cross the border and reside in America because they, they, they just naturally sue more often than we do here in Canada. And so if you get in a fender bender down there or your roofer falls off uh, your home, will they sue you? And if they do sue you, can they look through and see your retirement pool of money? And in fact, if you've purchased your portfolios via bank law, they can. So that's the first thing to know. The second thing to know is the second kick at the can is when you die. Your entire estate in bank law becomes frozen because the banks want first claim to the wealth that you have. And before they'll allow it to be transferred to your spouse, your children, you have to go through the court process where it's public. And so it's a lengthy process and it ties up the estate for a window of time. So that's the premise of what I would suggest to you, Peter, 99% of us as Canadians would do. Which introduces the concept of the trust, which is, I know, one of your favorite tax planning tools uh, and is something that I've come to grow and appreciate, not because I have any personal need for it myself. I don't make enough money to do that. But it's it's been really interesting to learn about how valuable trusts can be to people of high net worth as they develop their estate and even as they enjoy its benefits through retirement, but like to see it grow during that period as well. So at first glance, I go back in law and we have a separate form of law beyond the Bank Act of Canada. We have what we call trust law and insurance laws in Canada. And so what ended up occurring is if our family farmer wanted to give the family farm to his spouse and children or his heirs, he couldn't give it directly to that person because she wasn't a citizen. So alternatively, what he would do is he would give it to a trust company, the farm and the GIC, and if he had some insurance as well, and then ultimately that trust company would care for the widow and orphan for generations to come, providing her income and caring for the asset base itself. So when they wrote trust and insurance law, very interestingly, they wrote it that it would be private to protect the widows and orphans of the community. And it was because at that time it was designed to do that. And so here we are 100 years later, and our trust laws have been written to give that kind of protection to our families. And so when we buy our investment designs, alternatively through trust laws rather than the bank laws in Canada, we naturally create a privacy around them. And so they become privatized from any kind of liability or credit risk that we may face. And so my general rule of thumb is that when you're doing your retirement calculation for lifestyle, you protect no less than the number you're going to need to give you your annual income every year forever under trust law. And you would never have it exposed through bank laws because it's going to give you that privacy and that protection for life. The unique benefit also is not only is it private, it can bypass the public legal system through will planning where it gets tied up or frozen in your estate. It actually has attached beneficiaries because that's the blessing of trust is that you can attach 
attach different individuals as your benefactors. And it moves rapidly, Peter. My experience in our own office is about 30 to 60 days max. That family has received that wealth through their life and can utilize it again immediately. So that's an expedited process for them. A trust is a very active document. Interestingly enough, in the last decade, I would suggest you because of markets being quite volatile, as we all have seen, we have seen a real, real drive for many families to use trust planning to plan their retirement because what happens in trust planning is your principal becomes guaranteed in your estate. And so every institute almost has this. So if we look at all the big chartered banks, they have two two arms. They have their bank arm and they have a trust arm often. Depending on which door we walk within, we are going to be creating either a capital risk position or alternatively, a capital guarantee protection asset base. And this is really important if your principal is guaranteed in retirement because one of the certainties of life is that the stock market will move around. So if you've bought things like stock portfolios or mutual funds, which most of us do because interest rates are so poorly, then what we have to be sure of is that your capital itself is protected for your phases of retirement. And the unique part about trust law is in trust law, your portfolio is insured by the chartered institutes. And so if you have a million dollar value, you know that your estate is always worth a million dollars, regardless of what is happening in the markets. And the unique part about that is through the decades, uh, what we see families do in trust law is re-solidify that guarantee. So if they're fortunate enough to have a few years where they earn five and seven and 10%, every few years, they'll go back in and re solidify the guarantee in their estate at that new high level. And then we call this, in estate planning, a state freeze. And in effect, we're using trust law to be sure that that wealth is never lost, despite what kind of risks we might face in the economy over time. So we think at least the retirement core that you're going to be leaning upon and relying upon through the balance of your life, we want to make sure you've safeguarded through the trust law mechanism so that not only do you have privacy on it, which is important, you have simplification because the estate will flow very, very smoothly. Smoothly. But lastly, really important is you have the privilege of a guarantee in your estate and then the privilege of freezing the profits as you make them through time. And we call this laddering. We're ticking up the wealth that you have and we know exactly what you have and we also know what your heirs will have. And so it's a real privilege actually that we have this opportunity in Canada to take advantage of. Our thanks to Sherry McMillan and Peter Watts for their contributions on the program today. This has been The Strong Room. McMillan Estate Planning invites you to join us for our Life and Legacy Seminar, Tuesday, February 4th. This complimentary event is hosted by Trust and Estate Planning Specialist Sherry McMillan, presenting strategies to minimize tax, protect your wealth, and preserve family harmony. The McMillan Estate Planning Seminar, Tuesday, February 4th. Register online at macmillanestate.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next Sunday at 5 for The Strong Room.